0: Let me see, make sure. All right. <laughs> Hi, Tribe. Welcome to Season 2 of the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is October 2nd, 2020. Did you check out them twos? Two, two, two? Ah, God is always doing something. He's good. You know, he's always speaking, he's always doing something, he's always showing something and things are in doubles and things will continue to be in doubles for the rest of the year as we spear towards December 31st. uh, Who is looking forward to this crazy year ending? Like, this has been such a crazy, crazy year, but... I still feel blessed and highly favored, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who feel blessed and highly favored, and my condolences go out to everyone who has lost a loved one due to COVID-19. So, um, let's start from the top. (laughs) God bless you, Tribe. I love you for those of you who has been with me from day one. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. God bless you and I love you too. I do not like to call anyone a follower. I call you guys either cousins or Tribe. Because I believe that anyone who comes across this podcast, it was not by coincidence. It was fate. There's something that I am saying um, that you needed confirmation of. And so here I am just sharing the things that I learned in my journey in life with you guys while also um, giving you the answer um, to the questions that have been on your heart for a very long time. It is not by luck. It is not by coincidence. It was meant to be that you had found your cousin in New York on a podcast. (laughs) None of us are followers. We are leaders. I've said this before and I say it again. If you found this podcast, you are a natural born leader. You were designed by God to lead. Your purpose in life is to lead. You are to blaze a trail and have people follow that trail that you have blazed. You are a trendsetter. And people follow the, the gifts and the talents that God has put in you so that you, specifically, set apart from everyone else. You. You can blaze your trail. Jesus was not a follower. He had disciples. You are not a follower. You have disciples. And your disciples are to be raised up, trained, and equipped to go out into the world as apostles. You heard that? You are a brand you are an ambassador and you are to raise up to teach to bring into maturity to train those who are your successors as apostles they are to go out into the world with their gifts and their talents and lead and blaze trails that's part of your purpose in life and that's why you found this podcast. Whether you're a new cousin or you're a day one cousin. This applies to everyone. Whether your gifts and talents is in agriculture, healthcare, finance, electronics, health and beauty, fitness, coaching, counseling, teaching, whatever it is. You are unique. With your gifts and your talents. There may be a million and one other people in that same niche. But you cannot be duplicated or imitated. There's only one you. And that's it. There is no other. Believe me when I tell you that. Your personality. Your characteristics. Even your traumatic experiences. It what is what differentiates you From the other people in the same niche. You got that? So that's what sets you apart. It's you. And the extra perk to that, that little glitter that's on top. Your gifts and your talents come from God. And even the devil can't take that light from you, honey. So you shine on. Now let's get into it. So... You guys know I've done, and hopefully you too, have done a fast for Rosh Hashanah going into Yom Kippur, as I do every year. And this one was a little bit different, as it combined a bunch of different elements in it that has been completely different from previous years. And on top of that, there was two parts, kind of like a two-part series. One part was... An internal cleansing which came from the fasting and the green tea and then there was the external cleansing which was taking care of your skin. By the time I got to the end of my fast, literally Yom Kippur was um, Sunday and Monday, I had healing between Sunday and Monday that whole time of Yom Kippur. That revelation had brought me such freedom, such happiness, personal development, growth. Like, it was like being in an emotional prison that I didn't even know I was in, having that prison revealed to me, and also getting out of that prison. It was like, okay, it's time for your get-out-of-jail-free card. That's how that revelation was for me. And so what happened was... Um, my uncle's wife and I are both alpha females. And based off of that in itself, it could have been a place where we could have clashed because there can't be two bulls in one pen. However, I'm the type of alpha female that knows when to humble herself, when to sit down, when to allow someone else to lead, When to keep quiet, I know how to relinquish ego and pride. The other alpha female, which is my uncle's wife, it didn't appear to me that she knew how to do those things. And as a result of her lack of awareness within her own self, she said rude things out of her mouth that she really should not have said. Had she had been a humble, mature woman she would not have done those things well she would not have said those things so in the words of lenithia Leeks, she said what she said and as a result of her saying what she said i decided to be selfless and stay out of the queen's castle Because at the end of the day, that was, she is my uncle's wife. I did not want to cause any friction between my uncle and I. I also knew that my uncle would have chosen his wife over his blood instead of having some gonads and saying, hey woman, you're wrong. You shouldn't say these things. You're too old to be saying these things. You you should be too wise and too holy and too Christian to even say these things. And aside from that, you should love me enough to not want to put me in a position to where I have to choose between my wife, whom I have sex with, and my family, which is my bloodline. You see, not everybody knows how to find balance. Not everybody... Even wants to find balance. They figure. uh, 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 Don't rock the boat. The boat is fine. Leave it alone. But that's not what he did. He pretended as if he didn't hear the things that she was saying. To everyone. Grandchildren included. And so. I decided to keep my dislike for her to myself. Now, I didn't want to make him aware of it, and I didn't want to make her aware of it. But because I blocked her on Messenger, on Facebook, she knew that it was a problem. And then, also, she knew that there was a problem because I wasn't as warm and loving towards her as I usually would have been. But still, I did not want to cause any friction because of what was at stake. Ultimately, at the end of it, because of the situation that happened with my other uncle who had passed away, um, our relationship between myself, my other uncle, and his wife had ended. And that was by my own free will. So I said all of that to say, at the end of my two-part fast and cleansing, that during Rosh Hashanah, um, during Yom Kippur, um, God had revealed to me why it bothered me. Why her, why, he had me ask myself, why, Was the things she was saying out of her mouth so bothersome to me? And I didn't know. And so I had like a flashback of my mother just blurting anything out of her mouth, yelling and screaming at the top of her lungs, being in my face, emotionally putting me down, putting fear in me, strategically and purposely just an onslaught of verbal and emotional abuse. And whenever any female, it could have been a complete stranger, it could have been a friend, it could have been a female neighbor, it could have been a female supervisor, It could have been anyone, just any female. If any female got loud or blurted anything out of her mouth, it would cause me fear. I would get fearful and I would run because I was taught to run. I was taught indirectly and inadvertently to tuck my tail in between my legs, shut up, be scared, and run. That's what my mother's abuse taught me. And that's an aspect of the abuse that I had in my own mind, to tuck my tail in between my legs and run. My mother just wanted me to be scared. She just wanted to pump fear in my heart. The extra stuff was in my own imagination. And so when my uncle's wife did what she did, it triggered my childhood trauma. And that was so revolutionary for me. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like I didn't even know. And in my book titled Mirrors, I mentioned it before. It's on Amazon. It's titled Mirrors. Um, at the end of my book, in, in chapter um, Eight, I talked about how revelation just, it just brings clarity. It just, it, you feel better, you feel lighter, you feel free. The colors in the world look different. Like the sun is shining brighter. The birds chirping just seem happier. It's just something different about being emotionally free. And so when I had that revelation during Yom Kippur, I was like, oh, I just feel so free. I wrote about this before in my book. And I was so happy. I could, like, in the spirit realm, I could, like, literally feel like chains being broken from off of me. I, and I so embraced it. And I could feel, like, just, just spiritually standing up just a little bit taller. Head is held just a little bit higher, shoulders back just a little bit more straight. I felt like going from, you know, 11 years old to 12 years old, I just felt so free. And then another thing that was pointed out to me was selflessness. I have to, even though I have such a good heart, I will share pretty much anything. I will share any information that I have. If you ask me and I know, I'm going to tell you. If I don't know, I'm going to tell you I don't know. Perhaps I know someone who would know. Let me get back to you. Maybe I could get you that answer. But the point is, if I don't know, I just say that I don't know. I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to say, or or prideful to say that I don't know something. And so, there are some things that I don't want to share. Like, I don't want to share my porterhouse steak. I don't want to share my cheesecake. Like, I don't want to share my perfume. I don't want to share some of my space for too long. Like, after two days, you you need to go. Like, if you come to my house, like, and it's like a little mini staycation, like, come on Saturday, leave on Sunday. Don't come Thursday night and then leave Sunday night. I can't take it. It's too much. It's too much peopling. And I like, I like my serenity and my peace. And I like being a loner. And I like being, like, staying to myself. I'm not that much of an introvert, but I am a loner. And even though I am a loner, I know a lot of people. But I can't do the peopling. Like, I don't even know if I can do, like, a seven-day trip to, like, Israel. Because I would probably be homesick and want to go home and be in my own bed. I don't know if I could spend seven days in Japan or ten days in Africa. I probably want to go home and be in my own bed. I probably just, like, want all of the chattering to stop. <laughs> so that, you know, that's my example of not sharing. That's just me. I let people know that so that they don't take me personally. Or they don't take it offensively. Or, like, you know, I'm slighting them. That's not it at all. This is what I like to to... I need to self-reflect. And I need to digress. And I need to get back to my oneness. And so it's overwhelming to kind of be doing and going and talking and being around people and peopling so much. I can't take it. It's too much. I got—I have anxieties. I can't take it. But a couple of days is fine. You know, if you're at my house, like like I said, come Saturday, leave Sunday. If we're vacationing somewhere, we can be in the same hotel, but I need my own room. Like, we can't be in the same hotel room with, you know, four people and two size beds, and we're splitting the cost of the room for the hotel. I'm sorry. The other three, y'all can do it. But me, I need my own room and my own king size bed and my own bathroom. I need my own space. So back to what I was saying, I just got off into a rabbit trail. Selfless. I'm completely selfless. I remember I walking down the block with this elderly woman and somebody had this big old pit bull. And I started to push that lady out of the way, the elderly lady out of the way. And I knew she was going to fall. And I started to push her out of the way and jump in front of the dog and take that for that lady. But then I saw that the the, the pit bull, even though it was huge, it was the most friendliest pit bull ever. So I didn't push the lady out of the way. And the lady and the dog ended up embracing each other. I didn't even know that, you know, they were familiar with each other. (laughs) Selfless. If, If we're out doing something and something comes up, it's five of us. I'm thinking about getting all five of us out of trouble. I'm thinking about saving all our asses. I'm thinking about protecting all of us. Meanwhile, those other four people will save their own ass, go home, and not say a single thing to nobody out of the group. But me, I'm selfless. I sacrifice myself. You read the Bible, you see how many times Jesus sacrificed himself for his apostles for the human race unlike the modern day female Jesus selfless so during Yom Kippur selfless came up and God showed me that I had to be less selfless because while I am protecting everyone and myself, they're not protecting me. They're protecting themselves. The world is a selfish place. The United States is white America. The United States is a vain country, it cares about beauty and looks but me with my good heart and my selflessness I'm not like that somebody can be completely disfigured homeless, they they stink up to heaven hadn't had a bath in days weeks, months I'll touch them I'll help them, I'll stand there and I'll talk to them you got one eye right in the middle of their forehead. I'm gonna stand there and talk to them like they're they're a human being. That's me. How many other people on this earth would even do something like that? Because the United States is so vain and arrogant, they were like, oh I'm not talking to that person with a white eye and they homeless they probably got all type of diseases and germs and fleas and, Oh, uh uh-uh. uh nasty not me Now, because I work in healthcare, I'm gonna say I do know how to protect myself from you know any transferring of anything. So I may have on gloves. I may stand, you know, far away from Luna just in case spit flies out of their mouth, it don't land on my face. You know, I'm not gonna be foolish. But I'm not going to run from the one-eyed cyclops. I'm the one that sees the animal hurt. And I'm like, oh my God, how can I help the animal? And I'm calling peterbecause Because I don't know how to help the animal. But I know Peter knows how to help the animal. Like if it's that tore up, just give it the medicine and put it out of its misery. Just let it die. Like it's better. Don't let the animal suffer. I'm the one that'll pick the baby up out of the dumpster. I I don't want I don't want to keep the baby. I'm taking the baby to the hospital. Y'all take care of this baby. Put it up for adoption. But I'm going to pick the baby up out of the dumpster. I'm not keeping it. But I'm going to help the baby. That's me. But I had to stop being so selfless in And and having my good heart. Because I need to grow thicker skin. For what my next season and beyond is bringing me to. I have to grow a thicker skin. Because there are people in this world who are predators. And they will look me in my face and see that I'm nice. And they'll try to take advantage of my good heart. And they'll try to take advantage of me me being selfless and pretty much get over on me. Meanwhile, they're lying. But what they don't know is that I've been around the block a few times. Got a t-shirt to wear and prove that I've been around the block a few times. I know BS when I hear it. And I'm not trying to hear it. But I still have compassion I still have empathy and I still have sympathy. I don't want to miss the mark for someone who really is going through something, for someone who really can use the help. I can't have, like, trust issues and, you know, allow that to block or hinder someone else from getting the help when they really need it. It's it's people out here with real pain and real traumatic experiences and they, they really need help. And then there's the Predators. To so every yin, there's a yang. To so every camp of Jesus, there's a Judas in that camp. There's a Judas in every camp. So I'm not going to always be able to get it right, but I don't want to have trust issues from being hurt from somebody taking advantage and I don't wanna I don't wanna pass up on a person that, you know, they could really use the help. And I know that sometimes just things just kinda slip up under the door and you don't even see it coming. I know that. And I know there'll be a time or two of that. And I also know there'll be a lesson in that if God so chooses to allow that to happen. But at the end of my day, I have to have thicker skin and I can't develop trust issues. I just got out of having incredibly high walls over my heart and not letting anyone in. I've just learned to let bygones be bygones to forgive but never forget to remember but not be petty to not hold a grudge but remember what I learned what the person did so those two things had come up during my um, Yom Kippur um, part of my fast and so after that What kept being reiterated was stuck. It's the theme of stuck. The college acquaintance that I often tell you guys about, she started repeating the things that she had been repeating back when we was in college. And we graduated in 2014. And I was like, oh my God, there's no growth. And then she's taken back a guy who was verbally... And emotionally abusive towards her. She's back in a relationship with him. During the beginning of the pandemic, they have separated. Now that the pandemic has sort of kind of ended, they're back together again. And I didn't think in a million years that she would take him back. And so the same things that she was going through with him and experiencing with him and saying about him, it's like all over again. Stuck. Stuck. There's a guy that I had, we have been friends like 12 years now or something like that, 12, 13 years. And he had been talking about publishing a finance book and getting a driver's license and getting a passport and starting a woman's clothing line and wanting to do like speaking engagements. And it still hadn't gotten done. We're a decade later. If it hadn't been done in a decade, what makes me think it's going to get done now? Why are you stuck? So now I'm seeing these two people repeating things that they're not even having deja vu about. Which is another thing, because when I was experiencing other people being stuck, and I'm like, listen, you guys, y'all, y'all remind me of the Israelites who went around in circles in the Bible, what was it, 40 years that they went around in circles in the Bible? Y'all are doing the same thing. Y'all, like, y'all don't, have, y'all don't have moments of deja vu? Like, y'all not tired of being stuck? Y'all don't see that? And I'm like, look, this is how you get unstuck. Unfuck yourself and get unstuck. And they wouldn't do it. They didn't want to be unstuck. And I didn't want to hear about it. So I'm back in this place where this theme of stuck is being reiterated. And I'm hearing what I don't want to hear all over again. And I find myself to be agitated. And I'm saying to myself, no, 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 no. No. Because I'm moving forward with taking prerequisite classes to start my bachelor's degree in nursing. I'm moving forward with starting a new business venture that is all mine. I'm building this baby from the ground up. Literally. Me and God. I've I've created my own website. I've created my own logo i have decided on the colors of my logo i've got a mission statement and a vision statement and i've got um the domain and i've got the llc going and i'm funding this out of my own pocket everything i'm doing with this business Is coming from the sweat of my brow. I'm doing two things simultaneously to get myself out of the financial situation that I am in. Why? Because I want to move out of this apartment and move into a house. I have a vision in my mind for this house. Like I want things in my house custom made. I want it to be very different from everybody else. Well, kind of different from everybody else's house. I want my own land. I want like a starter house. That's like my baby. And then I want to purchase some land and buy a house built from the ground up. Like, I got plans in my mind. Like, I'm constantly growing and maturing. And when I say I'm not going to do something, I don't do it. And when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And I don't, for the life of me, I can't understand how these people can be around me for so long. And they watch me make moves and they still stay stuck. How the hell is it they're not influenced? They're in competition, but not influenced. But yet they're still stuck. How, Sway? How? So here's the thing, and this is the point of this podcast. And it reiterates why I titled my book, Mirrors. The relationships that we have with people in our life, the close, intimate relationships we have, not just in our love life, but in our friendships, in our business friendships, in our working environment, in our family. Those close, intimate relationships that we have for people. With people, they mirror something in us that needs to be revealed and healed. Revealed and healed. Revealed and healed. With me getting agitated from seeing the same freaking thing in the same exact people, that was there before the pandemic had even happened is a mirror for me. There's something that is within me that is stuck. Now I just had some healing and I had to ask myself, what needs to be unstuck? How do I unfuck myself? What? I'm keeping it real. Try. I'm keeping it real. These people are agitating the crap out of me. And I am busy. So why am I so agitated by things in other people's lives that don't have anything to do with me? Yeah, they keep bringing it to my door front. I don't have to keep answering the door. But why is this so agitating to me? It's their lives. They are the only ones that have to live in their truth. They're the only ones that have to live in their purpose. They're the only ones that when they make a mistake, they're going to bear those consequences and carry that cross on their own. I can't carry their cross for them. I can't take their karma for them. I can't take their life lesson for them. I can only direct them. I can only give them wisdom. And it's up to them. Bring the horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. It's up to to that horse to drink that water. It's up to them to drink the fruit of wisdom. Well, to eat the fruit of wisdom. So why am I so agitated? And so, it dawned on me that even though I'm moving forward and I'm doing a fantastic bang-up job with starting my new business, I noticed that I'm kind of sabotaging myself in a sense that I'm not putting the information out there to say, hey, I've gotten, I've decided upon my launch date and this is my launch date. Come through, come and support your girl. Come support your cousin. The only thing I'm saying is I've got a new business coming, coming soon. I've told the name of my business, but I didn't show my logo. And the stories only last 24 hours, so if you didn't catch it in the stories, you really don't know about it. And that was me self-sabotaging myself, even though I know, like I got a feeling right in my soul that this business is just going to launch itself, like I have a feeling that this business is just going to make me a lot of money and I'm not going to need a career in nursing at all. Like some days I'm passionate about it, some days I lose my passion about it. Some days I'm excited about it, some days I'm not excited about it. But I'm actually self-sabotaging myself. So I had to ask myself, why was I sabotaging my own self about my business? It's like I got one foot in and one foot out. Why? Wow. So I did some soul searching and seeing that I have a fear of success. I have been beaten and downtrodden and stopped and tripped up so many times. It, it, it was like taught to me that I can't be successful. Let me put it like that. Directly and indirectly, both ways, it was taught to me that I can't be successful. But I'm at this age and at this level of a roaring lion, like my mane is like a full mane, lion's mane. I'm not a cub. And so I'm at this place of maturity with all of my mane. And I'm saying, who's going to stop me, boo? Who is going to stop me? And ain't nobody been around over the last decade or so to tell me that I can't do something. I've actually had support. But it's still stuck. You heard that word? Stuck. It's stuck in my subconscious and conscious mind that I've been taught directly and indirectly that I can't be successful. It is stuck. even though I have had support in the previous business ventures that I've had. I'm still self-sabotaging myself now. And so my new affirmation is quite simple. I am not afraid of success. I do not fear success. That's it. I'm going to reframe retrain my mindset because it makes logical sense. If it was put into my mindset directly and indirectly that I can't be successful, why don't I just go back into my mindset and shift it? And speak positively into my conscious and subconscious mind. So when I meditate, I say my affirmation. I am not afraid of success. I do not fear success. I've got five minutes for that. Even while I'm taking a shower, washing the dishes, I've got a minute, two minutes, three minutes to say that mantra. I do not fear success. And guess what's going to happen after a while? The mindset will shift. It will be in my conscious and subconscious mind that I am successful. So this is what I wanted to share with you guys and then I'm off this thing. The relationships, no matter what level it is, your close intimate relationships are a mirror of yourself. When there's something about someone that agitates you to your bridges, there's a lesson in that for you. There's something about you that needs to be realized, revealed, and healed. You need to actualize and visualize yourself. To your higher self. Actualize. Let me, let me say it again. Visualize. To actualize. Your current self. To your higher self. I think I'm going to make that the title of this podcast. Visualize. To actualize. Your current self to your higher self. Shalom.